0: We have Dr. Angela Bass, international psychologist from the Mind Faculty on Mind Matters today and because we're still in the holiday season kind of, well it's a lot of fun where you get a break from work but a lot of stresses come out as well, namely family stresses. More often than not, during family gatherings when you meet up with relatives, you haven't seen them since the last get-together. Inevitably, arguments always kind of happen. Though. Why is that, Dr.
1: Well, I think it's very interesting that we're using um, sort of all-or-nothing language, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, a blanket statement. Always! Oh, <laughs> so, bro- so we're anyways going into these scenarios with the, not the defeatist mindset, but prepared for war. Right. And what's very interesting is we know in psychology that... What we focus on expands. So if you're ex, you know, expecting or focusing on warfare, you're sure to get it. Right. But having said that, you know, logically, whether it's your own family or in laws, the more people, the more personality dynamics, right. the more preferences, the more I prefer this, I distaste this. So there's bound to be disagreements.
0: Right. Okay. So, number one, I should, let's say I go into. A family gathering. I shouldn't be like, okay, there's going to be arguments and everything. So I'm I'm overly prepared for it to the point that you I'm...
1: manifested in the sense that you know energy follows thought. What is your working hypothesis? Uh, in psychology, we'll call that a confirmation bias. So, okay. for example, if my working hypothesis is the world is a hostile place, I will find everything and I will perceive everything to confirm that. Right. So you know, let's say my grab driver is tired. But because my working hypothesis is the world's a hostile place, I will take everything he's doing personally, like it's meant to right. me. It's, he's so flippant. He's he's being a jerk. When in reality, is he hasn't had a bathroom break in six hours. Correct. So if I think of the world as my my working hypothesis is the world's actually a pretty kind place. Yeah, you'll find everything to confirm that.
0: Oh Never thought of it that way No but In some cases I'm not just gonna say all In some cases There you go (laughs) Family gatherings Do have Tense moments
1: Interesting dynamics
0: Exactly Interesting dynamics But um Sometimes a lot of things like you you're stepping on eggshells all the time, you're so worried about not uh, not wanting to hurt someone else's feelings. But that's not healthy as well. Sometimes mm. when you when you're super honest and you say stuff and someone else, someone might get hurt. Mm. Is that healthy
1: though? So that's a good question. Um First, I would tweak, you know, it always starts and kind of ends with us. I would tweak the mindset of disagreement is wrong or bad or something to be avoided. Because, you know, if we build it into our understanding that 50% of the time, 50% of the people will disagree with us. So, for example, when you study elections, you know, they'll say, oh, this politician won by a landslide. Mm, mm. But that landslide still means that like let's say 43% of people did not vote for you yeah. so where in our mind did we cognitively think everyone has to agree or all is not well yeah. you know and at the end of the day you know even if there's a disagreement In psychology, we have a saying, I'm responsible for what I've said. I'm not responsible for what you've understood. Correct. Yeah.
0: We're still with Dr. Angela Bass on handling stresses of the holiday season. And right now I'm feeling my mind is blown from all these things. Maybe it might be me. So anyway, uh, we're going to be talking next about money, finance. Okay. That's next on Light. We have Dr. Angela Bass, international psychologist from the Mind Faculty on Mind Matters today, still talking about holiday season stresses. And usually during this period, a lot of money is spent on Ang Pao's, gifts, hotel rooms, fixing a car for that long uh, car ride, or flight tickets as well, belanja now. There's a lot of pressure on on the wallet and the mind. What's the best way to manage this stress? Because it is a stress, isn't it, during the holiday season?
1: I mean, it can be, but I, I suppose any feeling comes from a thought pattern behind it. So what happens is at least once a day, I'll have people saying, this is just who I am. This is how I feel. It's automatic. You know, it's almost like on a cellular level. It comes from nowhere. I can't help it. But we can because behind every feeling is a thought. So, you know, what's very interesting to me is the sense of misplaced or pervasive justice in this in these kind of scenarios whereas when for example is the last time we've been able to attend a dinner party at home right where we don't bring flowers or a, you know a bottle of a drink or something like yeah, that yeah. because in our head we have to even the ledger balance you know right we're not very good at just receiving right and then in time when we feel like giving we'll give because we must immediately oh we've been invited to dinner we must right because it's these sort of arbitrary rules that is what is etiquette right but a lot of times the stress comes from i mean imagine there wouldn't be any stress if, if you gave these gifts in the holiday season out of pure joy out of love out of compassion uh, within your means, so you know it's sustainable for long term, as opposed to going out of pocket, there would be no stress. The stress comes from a thought pattern: Did I give enough? What will they yeah. think of me? What are other people giving? Yeah. I need to outdo this person or last year. So these, honestly, are person-created.
0: Also, there's there's an issue with culture though here because I like there's always these articles on on social media that says, uh, "What's the standard to give uh, for an angpao this year?" Then you go. Oh no, that's a standard amount that you're supposed to give out. So I usually I start stressing out maybe two or three months before, and I'm like, I hope I get a bonus so I can actually put it all in. But that's
1: but who who isn't that also arbitrary? So you know, a journalist or an editor decided there was a standard. Yeah, you know, you, you can look no further than beauty standards. How very arbitrary. When I was doing field work in West Africa, they would look at me and they, they would jokingly say, "Does your husband doesn't feed you enough? You're very slim." <sighs> You know, because their beauty standard is big. Right. If I go to London, they think great because they lean maybe more towards size zero. Right. Uh, In the West, they love to spend money on average getting a tan. And in India, for example, there's a billion dollar industry for fairness creams. Right. So all of these standards are very arbitrarily human created. And what I'm trying to say, and I hope, you know, people are listening, create your own standards. Yeah. Core.
0: Coming up, why I generally never do the big clan get-together during the holidays. I've been labeled antisocial, but I don't care. I'm going to tell you why next on Light. It's the Light Breakfast here with JD, covering for Shaz, who's away. And uh, right now, we have Dr. Angela Bass, international psychologist from the Mind Faculty on Mind Matters today, still talking about holiday season stresses. And I, have for the past couple of years, I've been using the avoidance technique. I, I generally never, ever go for family gatherings. And Mine's not even a family. It's a clan. I come from a very, very big clan. And for the longest time, every time I see things happening, the the older ones get into arguments and discussions and they start comparing. And I'm like, you know what? I don't need this. Mm-hmm. So I just avoid. And I, I generally just never go for any gatherings. And my mom mainly had all this pressure. Why doesn't Jay come for all these uh, gatherings? So I pity her. But I'm like, you know what? I just, for my peace of mind, I'd just rather avoid. But that's not exactly the most healthy way to approach this problem, isn't it?
1: Well, it depends. I think people underestimate how... Powerful words are thoughts become things. How do we talk to ourselves? What are we saying to ourselves? So, to me, you're using the word avoidance, yeah. And it's been many years. Is it actually avoidance, or have you mentally made a decision that this is not for me, full stop? Yeah. Because if you're avoiding, then that implies that that's something that you'll have to grapple with at some point. That'll catch up with you, as opposed to saying, "No, I'm I'm done with this aspect of socializing or my life." Right. And. If you've done the latter, then there's peace. If it's avoidance, conflict avoidance, then it's what we call sort of existential overhead. In the back of your mind, you know there's something you need to deal yeah. with and it exerts pressure.
0: Right. That means basically if I, if I use the word avoidance, I haven't made peace with myself in a way. I'm, I'm constantly thinking about, oh, if it's going to be the holiday season, I'm going to have to come up with some excuse why I want don't yes. want to go for that, right?
1: Correct. Because what we resist persists. Right you're still interacting in an inverse way like what is a plausible excuse how do I make it up to my mom um, you know where can I go or just ruminating in your head about right. what relative is going to say what yeah. but if you literally made a decision and you're at peace with it it doesn't cross your mind right they do them you do you
0: yeah it's been a lot easier now it's been like 10 years that I just stopped doing it so I think by the, by the second year I it's the like, default decision I know right so I'm like hey you know what don't get me wrong I love my family I love my relatives but for me, pain is relative, and relatives are a pain sometimes. You know? <laughs> so Whenever I go for it, I'm like, oh no, I gotta say this, and I gotta say that, or whatever. But now, I'm completely fine with it. I, I make plans on my own during the holiday season. I meet up with my mom and dad and my brother, but that's as far as it goes.
1: But you know what's very interesting is that culturally, also perhaps in this part of the world more, you know, not to make blanket statements, but maybe in sort of more collectivist leaning cultures, there will be the idea that you're not serving your family, you're not doing family time how very selfish yeah just think of the metaphor of the oxygen mask when you're flying any flight attendant will tell you in the event of turbulence you put the mask on yourself first right not to the person on the left or the right correct because then you'll be dead yeah and you are literally of no service to anyone. Correct. So when you do what you need for peace, mental health, self-care, yeah. it's not actually being selfish, it's being selfless because you are in a much, much better place and that happiness emanates.
0: All right. Now, moving on. In-laws. What's the best way to deal with it? We get Dr. Angela's thoughts on this next on Light. We have Dr. Angela Bass with us, international psychologist from the Mind Faculty on Mind Matters, still talking about holiday season stresses. And there are many different kinds of stresses here. We talked about money. We talked about relatives. Now, let's talk about visiting the in-laws many people don't get along with their in-laws i'm one of the lucky few and i'm very happy for that the thing is should you maintain good relations by by faking it in a way uh, or does it does the truth set you free because sometimes you again walking on eggshells
1: right mm. so how do you deal with in-laws i'm laughing at the way you said in-laws it's almost like there needs to be a drum roll <laughs> <laughs> no so Again, in psychology, we say that uh, the word should is sort of the royal road to unhappiness. Oh. I should do this. They should have done that. Should, should, should. And then when you actually become cognizant of that, people are like, wow, I, I, I can't speak for Two minutes without saying "I should," wow. you know, these absolutes, um, and and they don't create sort of healthy uh, mental mindsets. So it's not so much I would I would rephrase that or reframe that not so much if I should, but maybe being cognizant of the fact, like you know, based on research, when we don't get along with our in-laws, yeah. that's a very good predictor of marital unhappiness down the line. And another way to look at it as you know, as opposed to thinking, "Oh, those insufferable fools that I have to see this weekend." <laughs> They are the ones Who raise the one you love Right So even being cordial Or graceful With the ones Or the one who raised The one you love Is the bare minimum And more than enough
0: Right So they are saying That most people Whenever they go into it They have this It's like a prerequisite I need to be good With my in-laws And that's stressing them out And then when they are all stressed out, it manifests.
1: It becomes a self-fulfilling cycle. And also I would, you know, talk about or think about expectations. Um, If there's an expectation, praise or warmth or compliments and that doesn't happen that, you know, we feel very crestfallen and sad. And again, it becomes a cycle. Expect the bare minimum. Right. You know, let them help out. Maybe they want to make a dish. Maybe they want to help decorate. People like feeling needed. Yeah. Instead of engaging in these back and forth conversations where there's sort of criticism or a lot of complaining yeah. act like a reporter people love talking about themselves yeah, so yeah. you know investigative journalism how are you what's right. going on how's yeah. your neighbor yeah. and and deflect yeah. And you can put a time cap on things, you know. You can say, well, early on, set the tone. I'll have to leave at this time to pick up the kids, for example. Right, right. Or I'm going to donate this food to a retirement um, Come on center. it's a story, basically. Right? When, when, uh, hopefully, you do do that. Yeah, yeah right? right, yeah. And so, set a time cap and then it's manageable.
0: Yeah. Now, thankfully, the holiday season ends for a while after Chinese New Year. Then you get back in the groove and routine. And then you start pining for the holidays again. It's a vicious cycle. How to get over? the holiday blues dr angela's got that covered as well that's next on light we have dr angela bass international psychologist from the mind faculty on mind matters today still talking about holiday season stresses or specifically now the post holiday blues most people find it hard to get back in the groove doc are you like that how do you fix something like that where you're like oh yeah, it's christmas and uh i gotta get back to work after this
1: just adjusting Again, expectations and thought processes. This reminds me of the formula for sleep in the sense that I'll have some clients say, I had a crazy week where I slept maybe two to three hours a day. So I made up for it on the weekend with 18 hours of sleep. And I'm like, you wish your body thought <laughs> that. Like doesn't that. work, right? Totally not. Yeah. It's not a lecture sheet, you know, <laughs> right. like as long as I have. You need eight hours, let's say on average, yeah. seven to nine actually, every single day. So you, you can't fill up on the weekends. And that's why actually people are more tired come Monday. Yeah. Because the key to that, whether it's on Saturday, Sunday, every single day I wake up at the same time. Right. Now, how I do my day maybe on a weekend is a little bit differently, but I have that set wake up and sort of sleep time. So that consistency where people, you know, start becoming or start feeling rather blue is when it's all or nothing. So you've had really hectic work weeks and yeah. now I'm going to eat like three turkeys mince pie <laughs> right, you yeah. know eggnog, whatever is going on yeah. whichever holiday yeah And just, you know, go on a Netflix binge. Then what happens? Because it's so all or nothing. So try to do a little bit of work, maintain a routine, some consistency. So it won't be so hard to get back into the groove. It's like anything. If you've left the gym for a month, that's not going to be fun on the first day back. Yeah, yeah. Which is why, you know, you might not be hitting it as hard on a holiday, but go for a walk. Do some stretches while you're watching Netflix and you'll be fine.
0: Right. So keep to a routine, even if it's a holiday season and you won't. Because physically also, it manifests itself itself in a mental state where you're like, oh, man, I'm just not feeling it anymore. It the just... mind
1: determines everything. Right. And, you know, another thing is to have a gratitude list. It's wonderful you have a job to go back to. Right. It's precisely your career money that was, you know, enabled you to take that holiday over Chinese New Year's or so on and so forth. True. So that's the source of happiness It's how you think about it. So we know in psychology, it is not what anyone is saying or doing that exerts impact is how we think about anything.
0: I want to flip this around real quick because it's all about me again for some reason. (laughs) I generally hate the holiday season. Because it breaks my routine too much and I'm trying to get work done. And as an entrepreneur, you're doing multiple things at the same time. You have multiple businesses running. And you're, you're trying to get in touch with people and everybody's like, hey, after Chinese, New Year, or not. And I'm like, it stresses me out and I'm not even... Does any of it person.
1: make you angry? Yeah. You need, so anger is a feeling. Anytime we have a feeling, there's a thought. And it seems like the thought usually underlying anger is the unspoken thought is they should be like me. Yeah, if- I have
0: a lot to fix on myself with myself, man. But anyway, thank you so much for being here, Dr. Angela Bass, international psychologist, front of mind faculty, for being here on Mind Matters. It's been so interesting for setting us straight today.